The Over the Bonnet podcast is brought to you by Marymark Medical, Gimpy Foam and Rubber and NICAD Earth Moving. My guest today is the daughter of a soldier who performed national service for his country during the Vietnam War and her whole family is now heavily involved in assisting the rehabilitation of ex-military and frontline service personnel. Such is the impact of the family's involvement in the transition back to civilian life by these veterans, Prue Marshall is now working with her parents in running a retreat for ex-service personnel at their property at Gomborian in southeast Queensland. And I'm delighted to have her in the studio today for Over the Bonnet. Over the Bonnet with Mark Peepers. <laughs> well, well, at least the guests are good. You'll never know what happens with the conversation when it's over the bonnet. <laughs> You're kidding me, aren't you? Prue Marshall, welcome to Over the Bonnet. Thank you. Okay, so you're pretty passionate about uh, veterans and the experience that they have. You've set up a veterans retreat. Tell us all about it. Our family business is uh, probably the original veterans retreat in this particular region, in the Gympie Kalula region, um, called Stand Down Park. So we've had that now for about 17 years. And my dad is a national serviceman Vietnam veteran. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty well much. It's now open to the public. It's been open to the public oh, maybe three years after we actually started it. Um, and my experience, I suppose, is more to do with the older veterans, although nearly 40 and that sort of thing. So, yeah, so that's what it is now is it's a caravan park, uh, veterans retreat for military and first responders. And yeah, that's what it is. How do they treat it? Uh, like home. And why is that? What do they What do they get that they don't get elsewhere? Uh, rest and just the ability just to relax. You know, it's 18 acres of just backing onto the forestry, uh, it's not commercialised, so it's very, it's beautiful. It's manicured gardens. It's, you know, it's beautiful out there. And you can feel it. It's, and it's become home to me as well and to my sister and to my brother and the people that are close to me as well, you know, that um, friends and family and that sort of thing. So when you drive through the door or through the gates, so to speak, it's that everything's, everything feels good. <laughs> Because veterans experience some unique problems as a result of their military service. Yeah, trauma is one of those things that it's um, it's very universal, and it can come from either physical or mental, or you know, all different sort of indications really as to to what happens. And it could be things that are triggered, you know prior to service or during service or even after service. And it's, you know, I think it's more to do with the the level of, of whether it's military or first responders, it's being trained to, to alter that fight flight response. You know, it can sort of relate a little bit in regards to <laughs> um, being a daughter of a veteran as well and being and growing up in that sort of scenario with having, you know, family that have been trained to alter that fight flight response so i know that personally i actually do that sort of thing it's i know that i've altered it too you know naturally over the course of time so yeah uh but what have you learned from these veterans then uh lots <laughs> they've become my family you know um and and they've become our family and so therefore then it allows us to sort of think beyond what's happening just now you know i mean our experiences uh, with stand down park and the people that are out there it's an aging population so my my dad's in his mid-70s majority of the people that are out there are you know 65 70 plus um and it's that older age group for years we've been trying to tap into the younger vets as well so um and recently in the last I would say 12 months, um, we've sort of connected really, really well with uh, and, and become really good friends with Kylie James, who has Veterans Retreat in Mother Mountain. Um, but we'll talk about that later on. So, 
Yeah. Um, so it's more the fact that they've just become family because you sit around the campfire and you listen to their stories and you listen to and you talk to their wives and their partners and their kids even, you know, and all of a sudden you're sort of like, I'm not alone. <laughs> Everybody else is, you know, within this whole military lifestyle. Um, we're all the same, you know. We have that that level of love and that level of compassion and understanding and then you've got on top of that you've got the honor and the patriotism and all of that sort of thing that's added to it so when you're living and breathing that from a family point of view like that's unique that's why it's so probably so passionate and why this industry is so passionate well not I wouldn't call it an industry it's just it is what it is you know military and first responders and that sort of thing is there such a correlation a deep correlation between the military and first responders um, yeah, it, to me, it's pretty straightforward, you know, um, they fought for our country and for our community and it's, how can you not respect that? Like that's Absolutely. But as huge. I say, from, from say, okay, let's say an ambulance bearer mm-hmm. who's a first responder, as opposed to say, you're talking about your dad who was a Nash, eh? Yep. Uh, where's the correlation there? Well, I think the whole, it's, it's not so much about, um, you know, the, I don't really know the, the exact correlation. It's just, isn't it just the industry, like the services that, that supply, you know, safety and freedom and, you know, that sort of thing to our, to our country. Like, Should we be doing more for them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. In what way? What what do, what would you like to see in a perfect world? Well, this is what brings me probably um, where the whole idea of TVD has come into it. Uh, we briefly touched about this, but um, <clears throat> it's a bit of a brainchild of mine for for years, and and it's come from you know that whole sitting down and talking with family and and talking with partners and kids and all of that sort of thing about where the gaps are. Um, where the gaps in support are and why why we need to think a little bit bigger and that's why TVD started to come to life. So explain TVD, what does that stand for? Well, TVD is an acronym really for the veteran's daughter, which is a concept. It's not so much a name. It's a universal name. It's a, it sounds like a bit of a female name, <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a concept. It's all about building a network of support of direct family members that have that level of respect and honour and love and compassion and understanding that I talked about earlier to then delving further into it and creating, it's almost like an umbrella effect that taps over a support system it's huge, <laughs> Mark. We probably don't have enough time for me to tell you all about this, but um, it's a it's thinking a outside the box and b bringing all of the things that are required and necessary to be able to not only transition people through back into civilian life and and tapping into things like you know purpose and loss of identity and all of those things that. I'm finding now, now that I'm talking more and more to younger veterans, that these are things, and, and older veterans have that same sort of problem too, but the younger veterans are finding it really bloody hard to do these sorts of things. And this is, you know, the more and more I get, um, and and friendship-wise with, with Kylie and opening up, um, you know, avenues of younger veterans and talking to them, it just means that I feel like it's, we're on the money, you know, and when I say that, don't take that literally. I mean the concept and the idea of thinking bigger and broader and bringing services under one roof in a hub situation where you're addressing social impacts such as homelessness is a huge one. Like how can anybody think that anyone that has served our country deserves to be living rough? Like... I wear my heart on my sleeve, I'm a country girl, and, and oh my God, that just makes me tear up, you know? So it's one of those things, like I wanna, wanna be able to make a difference in that sort of thing. So that's why 
that's a social impact that I want to want to be able to address. The effects of of PTSD and and trauma, of, of whether it's physical and, and emotional and mental and psychological, all of those sorts of things, be able to tap into those sort of resources. So. Um, you know, and utilise third party all allied and mental health professionals to be able to do that. So we already have, you know, exercise physiologists and and counsellors and, and, you know, um, all different types of clinicians that can that we can access. But we seem to be missing the mark somewhere. And this is... What's the, the mark you're missing, though? Well, bringing it together. I mean, people are waiting like 16 weeks to be able to see somebody. Like, that's too long. If somebody comes to you for help, that's way too long, Mark. So if they require immediate attention, like we want to be able to do that like now, like now. You talk about the homelessness. Now, it's an interesting thing that you wouldn't think that, that our vets really have a problem with it. Is that why Stand Down Park was born in the first place? Well, Stand Down Park originally was a... a um, a, a retreat for my dad um you know he's we again i mentioned we're country people so he doesn't really like crowds at all um and his experience i can tell you now we've you know growing up we didn't we went to shows but my dad never went to because he didn't like the fireworks and all of those sorts of things and he doesn't do crowds and all the all the things that that you think of somebody that doesn't have a, a, a parent that's gone through the military or, the, you know, they're little things. I know that they're little things, but they're big things to him and they are important things to him. So therefore then you alter things. So Stand Down Park really was set up um, as, a, as a retreat from him, you know, uh, for him. And then, of course, his mates came along and went, oh, this is really nice. <laughs> 18 acres, flat grassy land, close to the Rainbow Beach and close to, you know, all of everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, sparked the idea of my dad because he's quite an entrepreneurial mind as well. And yeah, then the idea of, of creating a, a retreat as such came to life and then went to council and boom, caravan park. Then we opened it up to the public. Growing? Yes, naturally. Um, and I think obviously COVID has hit everybody really hard um, and we see it in different ways as well from a, even myself, oh my God, I just need to get out and dance, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's hurting everybody. Um, but from a, from a Tourism, grey nomads, like that's the market for Standdown Park is over 50. So, um, you know, and they set it up like that because that's them, you know. They didn't want, um, you know, to commercialise it with pools and, and swing sets and all of that sort of thing. So that's why a lot of it, everything there is just very, lots of space. You know, you're not living on top of each other or you're not camping on top of each other. Um, there's no cabins there, you know. It, it's a lifestyle business for them, you know. Um, and I guess what has happened is it's gained a lot of momentum over the years and very, very popular with caravan clubs, of course, because we can accommodate 30, 40, you know, vans in one hit and be able to cook for 100 and 200 people out there, you know, camp oven cooking and all that sort of thing in our camp kitchen. So, you know, it's evolved. It definitely has and it's grown, you know, each time but it's been a natural nice natural growth and um rather than boom here we are and yeah here it is <laughs> so hmm. you've got mainly older veterans you talk about covid how concerned are you about the whole covid situation because older people obviously are more susceptible oh very concerned very, very concerned. Again, this comes back to the fact that, you know, they're, they're our family, you know. Um, and my sister Zoe, she's coming up. She's um, looking after the park for the next six, uh, six months as well. So, and her background of, you know, being in um, Department of Justice and that sort of thing as well, um, everything's very much tied in. Everybody's very nervous. And, and we have to, when it comes to... Um, you know, taking bookings and that sort of thing through Stand Down. Um, we've got to obviously find out where you're from and, you know, right the way through to what size is your underwear, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Like, it's Have you crazy. had to turn anyone away? Yes. And that's hard, really, really hard because you don't want to turn anybody away, you know. What's the reaction been when you do turn someone away and say, hey, you can't come here? 
No, oh, it's it. I think um, from a public pers- point of view, uh, because we always ask that question, you know, have you got military or first responder background, that sort of thing, um, and in which then we try and sort of work out how how do we how do we try and help as many people as we possibly can without upsetting anybody, you know, it's all about keeping the peace really. But the reaction, I guess. It's not great. It's not great at all. I'm going to not lie here. Fuck, it's not great. But it's, that's the realism at the moment. And so it's, you have to protect the people that are oh, already there. Yes. You know, we're in the top 20% of high risk, you know. So with majority of the people in the park that are, you know, of older, older sort of stature, you know, over 60, over 65, that sort of thing. So, yeah. And, of course, it's my mum and dad's home. So... You know, of course, we want to make sure that every single person coming through those gates are COVID safe. Mm. You talked about Kylie before, and mm. she's running a veterans retreat, which you work in conjunction with, and she's getting involved with you. Tell us about that. Well, this is a, it's a really beautiful thing, really, because her and I are the same age. We worked out that, you know, growing up, um, funny story, really, um, I did army cadets going through high school and so and being of military background and in my head I was always going to the army and um, and around that sort of time of year 11 year 12 they did that whole women in defense thing and um, and of course I was like yep that's what I'm gonna do with my life I'm going to the army you know and because your dad was an asher yeah I think that had a part of it but I, was, I just love it like I love I love it <laughs> um, and yeah, all of everything around and so, and yeah, I, I like to shoot and I like to, I like, <laughs> I like to run around and yeah, it's, it's cool stuff. So what happened? Uh, my dad said no. <laughs> 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 and when you're 17 years of age and you grew up with military, um, military dad, like you just don't argue. Like, and then I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do with my life? So... Then I went into sales and marketing and been into all different types of industries right the way through, which I feel like has led me to the point of now I, I'm, I'm, you know, and having that that entrepreneurial mindset, you know, I, I don't know whether or not that's from family or not, but yeah, I think that sort of led me to the point of business has always been, and, and also mum and dad have only ever owned their own businesses too, small businesses. So they've, they've never worked for anybody else other than themselves. So having that ingrained in you and it was sort of that whole natural project, progression of I want to create something for myself and for my family and and also to help. Like that's the whole key to it all is that nothing is sustainable unless it's of value and, and, and helping other people. And that's that's what this is all about. Do you have regrets you didn't go into the military? Oh, look, you know what? I, there are, no, I don't have regrets because I've learned so much along the way. But, um, and, and, but it's such a part of me. So when, sorry, jumping back into to how I get to know Kylie and what she's doing and that sort of thing, she actually, in that time frame, because we're the same age, she actually jumped in and went to the, went to the army. So she's been um, only medically discharged, discharged only 18 months ago. And she's like, oh my God, the things that I hear about from her career is just incredible and so um, admirable, I, I, I'm incredible. Like 20 years in the army, two tours overseas, um, you know, she's awesome, absolutely awesome. And what she's doing at Veterans Retreat, so when she was medically discharged, um, of course, part of the whole parcel is mentally you feel like you're right, but body-wise, you know, um, it's not not working so if it's you're out you're out and what do I do next you know and this is this whole issue that a lot of younger vets have got too is this whole what do I do and and because being in the military um and again not speaking from experience but also from from my understanding and 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 knowing you know the discussions that I have around this with with other people as well it's like uh, nothing else compares, like the adrenaline's not there. And, you know, because I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie too. And if, if it's not there, it's not there. So, um, and the other part is you're so used to regimented, you know, getting things done in a specific way in a specific time frame. So you jump into a, a, a civvy job. And of course, 
that's not up to speed or that's not up to that same level of training, then of course it's, it, it matters, you know. All of these things start to compound and, and become issues and there is a snowball effect on certain things. So. Are veterans discharged and just left out in the cold essentially? Is there enough being done? That's a hard question, Mark. I ask the hard <laughs> questions. Oh, dear. I think... Well, look, you're seeing it firsthand, yeah, so... Yes. I, I, I don't know a, a, enough to make huge comments on the whole thing. But what I can tell you is, uh, personally, I feel like, yes, you know. And, and again, this is where, you know... TVD comes into it and why we want to bridge these gaps and why we want to sort of it's almost like putting your arm around around somebody that's being discharged and actually getting them right at the beginning at the transition seminars at um, you know from ADF so this is this is the discussions that are wrapped around so you know we're right in the initial stages of of how TVD is going to unfold um, and yep, we've done a lot of groundwork to start with as well because I'm so, so fortunate that I've got the support of my family and connected and, and the support and love from, from people like Kylie and now Martina who's joined our team and our organisation as well because, you know, this is, it's, it's a big idea, it's a big concept, but the problem is big enough to be able to handle it and therefore then, which is why, you know, we're in the initial stages, so we want it set up correctly, which is why the solicitors have got all of the detail, you know, that whole structure and making sure that that's correct and set up. So, and we want to have those conversations. We are having those conversations, and we want to have these conversations with DVA and RSL Queensland, and you know, get in right at the beginning with ADF um, from the transition seminar point of view, and and say here, this is what we have. This is. It's a, a PCYC style setup in a, in a hub sort of situation that um, that allows that social connection and that social interaction immediately. Like you know, and so obviously with all of this, we're in the funding stage as well. So you know, to make sure that all of this happens. So yeah, um, so getting people from the from the transition stage and 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 sort of teaching or or showing them that um, look here are the services right from the beginning right from the beginning this is how we can sort of work out so with the advocacy side of things with the dva claims and you know just making sure that they've got everything because then that alleviates the pressure right so and then they can then focus on things that are important to them because it's it's unique it's every single person is going to be different so um and it's about getting to know that individual person so and that's what TVD is all about it's 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 embodies it embodies the whole concept of you know what we actually give a sh God, I can't swear can I you know we can't yeah do you know what I mean like we we care we care about you because you're family you know yeah you've you fought for our country you fought for our freedom and, and yes we do give a shit about you you know and and does that come from does that come from organizations um that are driven and that are well, I've got to be real careful here <laughs> um, you know that that don't have the same um, you know level of of respect or whatever because they're not you know what I mean they're not family they're, they they haven't they're coming from it from a corporate point of view rather than from a, a a family point of view so what we want to do is create a network of of family people or family, uh, whether that be parents or grandparents and children and grandkids and um, wives, partners, husbands, you know, whoever that is directly connected with military and first responders and then be able to utilise that to then wrap around the support services that are required that fill these gaps. Are we giving enough respect to, obviously, with our Vietnam veterans becoming now to the forefront mm. um, as the... World War II veterans are starting to die off. Mm. The Vietnam veterans now are sort of stepping into the limelight. But are we giving enough respect to the newer veterans? Um, I don't know if it's giving enough respect. I feel like it's... Um, I think we need to showcase it differently, you know. And In what way? Well, um, 
you know, we have Long Tan Day, for instance, which we had a huge day out at Standdown Park for Long Tan Day, which is 18th of August every single year. Um, and so Vietnam Veterans Day, Long Tan Day. Uh, is it something that we need to associate something that is, so we have the Anzac Day, we have a long tan day, is it something that we also need to step up to the plate and be able to incorporate these younger vets that have served our country in, you know, in, in the recent, you know, conflicts? So whether that be Iraq and Afghanistan and, you know, all the others as well. So, yes, I do believe that we need to um, showcase it very differently. In what way? What could we do to put them into the spotlight? Maybe some of them don't want to be in the spotlight. Correct. You know, as you yeah. say, they've come out and they're looking for a new identity. Correct. Absolutely. Um, how can we showcase them better? Hmm. I think you need to give me a little bit more time to think about that, but I think I can come up with an idea. <laughs> um, but I think I think the very first thing that we can do uh, immediately would be to have a day designated specifically for our younger veterans. Okay. Immediately. Like that's a that's a quick fix, but you know there's always going to be something else. But again, um, you know, yeah, I think the unity is a you know and and the sense of belonging to something. You know, um, I think that's really really important. And so this is why again I keep coming back to TVD, but I'm going to talk about it with you because <laughs> that's what we're working on at the moment. Um, but that's why TVD is going to be so important, and we want it to be a household name of unity, of respect, of 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 support um, that offers things that you know that can connect. It's all about connection and well, a safe space. Like... We've got Armistice Day, November the 11th. Mm -hmm. We've got. Anzac Day, mm -hmm. we've got Vietnam Veterans Day, mm -hmm. as you said, on August the 18th. Mm -hmm. Is it saturating the market as such to have a day for junior veterans? Do you think so? No. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but when when would we have it? What, what would we like... Um, when would we move it to? You know, like, as I say, there's so much... Is there a particular time of the year you think that uh, we should be looking at? From a person that comes from it that um, that has a, a level of respect right from the beginning, I think any day is perfect. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm probably not that person to, to decide upon that. Should be every day. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's it's um, it is it's important to recognise and and um, it's not just recognising the sacrifices that they've made, but also the fact of you know, that they've had, how brave they are to be able to step up and actually take this on, you know, um, and to still continue to, I, I think that then comes from that core feeling of, I want to serve my country and I want to make a difference and I want to be a part of that and have my, have my time again and I'm not 40, I probably would do it myself. So, you know what I mean? Like that's, I think that's, um, takes a, a, a really specific type of person um, and I think that that's the thing that we should be celebrating is the type of people that are willing to be able to, you know, stand up and make a difference. And because and, it's not just, you know, serving in conflict, it's also all the behind the scenes things like, you know, look at all the, all the um, reservists and all of that sort of thing that helped out with the bushfires and everybody, everybody, it's this, is this not the Australian way? Is this... Do you know what I mean? Like, well, the army's being put to work down in Victoria at the moment to help yep. enforce the COVID restrictions. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Do people yeah. feel safe as well when the army and and you know when when the a level of defence is is present? You'd like to hope so. I think so. I feel safe. I feel like they got my back. <laughs> I also sort of know how they're trained too. So yeah. TVD, what sort of funding are you getting and are you applying for it? Yeah, so um, we're like I said, we're right in the initial stages of all of this. So we want to set it up correctly. It'll be, um, you know, it, it, we have to go down the road of the, the charity side of things with DGR status, which is why obviously that's with the solicitors at the moment and setting that, that structure up correctly. But um, we will, and and the costings report is something that we're right in the thick of as well and making sure that we're dotting the I's and crossing the T's. How much are you looking for? Oh, lots. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I think, look, I, I'd hate to speculate at this point in time, but I know that it's not going to be a... Ballpark. Um, um, operational costs included mm. for, I would think, a... 
uh, if I'm looking at a pilot program and taking this from just, you know, from a setup to also operational costs and right the way through, because the way that I see TVD operating is a duplicable business model where we would, we would completely um, iron out any kinks in regards to this, the structure and the actual working parts of how to help with the support network, with the support itself. Um, and then pick that model up and put it in the next populous area of, you know, where veterans are needed. So, and because the, um, you know, they're coming out out of Inogra and out of Brisbane, then obviously that's the natural progression is to be able to put the next one down in Brisbane. So, yeah, thinking a little bit big here, <laughs> but again, it's it's required. Um, for operational costs or for setup costs and operational costs on a two-year program, I would imagine two, two and a half mil. Wow. Hmm. What's the reaction been from government at this stage? Um, well, we're looking, we've had a, a brief conversation with state and federal um, government members um, here in our local region as well. So uh, they love the concept, which is great. Um, and the next step for us is obviously to tick off a few things that we need to do. So we obviously have the initial stages of the pitch deck completed, which gives you a very clear understanding about what we want to achieve, uh, what the organisation is set out to do, why we want to do it, um, who our, how our target audiences are in regards to, you know, um, who our members are, who our family is, you know, very clear understanding of all of that. Um, but then there's obviously the the further things that, that progress from that, which is obviously your business plan and the fun things that happen behind the scenes when you're trying to set up an organisation are not so much a business, it's an organisation. So, Tell yeah. us some of the stories. You talk to a lot of these veterans. What sort of stories that you've heard over the time have stood out to you? Oh, I love it when you put me on the spot here. It's my job. <laughs> uh, I hear a lot. Um, what has your dad told you? Let's get into oh. specifics. Do you know what, Mark? You, you're probably going to be fresh out of luck with all of this because Dad didn't really talk too much about his experiences at all. So, you know, um, we talk... <laughs> We talk a, a little bit about, you know, sort of services and that sort of thing, but it's also, it's more about, um, you know, why they did, why they, why they did things and that sort of stuff. So, oh, I hate talking about little <laughs> scenarios like this. Okay, you're talking about why you did things. What, what, what sort of things is he saying? Uh, like, you know, I mean, behaviour things that we talk about now that and, and ingrained behaviours that um, I'm picking up that I do myself and then I have a nine-year-old son as well and I know that I'm like, okay, well, I, I sort of, <laughs> I know that those sort of behaviours are coming out in him as well. So... Um, is that nature or nurture though? I think it's a bit of both. Mm. Yeah, I think it is a bit of both. But I think, yeah, I look, I don't know, that's... You can't pinpoint whether or not that's specific when it comes down to the fact that that's, you know, military or being a country girl or whatever the case may be. Or, or I don't know. But, yeah, there's a lot of different stories about all different types of things. Surely must one must stand out mm. that you've been told over the time that you've really been touched by. I think it's more the fact that... Um, what touches me the most is the people that are connected to um, to our vets. So the wives and the children and what they experience. And even, you know, it's not so much about this, that particular story. It's more about um, how they're affected as well. And I suppose that's that whole feeling of me feeling like I'm not alone or my sister feeling like we're not alone, you know, when we feel that same way as well. So it's, you know, dealing with um, how their family is dealing with, with the effects of PTSD because some of it is pretty bloody harsh and hard to deal with, you know. Um, and even, even coming from, um, you know, direct knowing people that are directly suffering um you know and then knowing from family members that are directly suffering as well and then you're talking also then to 
all these other people, these veterans um, over the years, like we're talking 17 years of stories here, Mark. So it's hard to sort of pinpoint one particular thing, but I can say it's more like a feeling. It's that feeling that of, of and, and I guess each individual person um, deals with their own particular trauma in their own particular way and trying to trying to understand these triggers and then also understand how you alter your own way of life around your family member to be able to accommodate with those triggers as well like these are things that are real as you're seeing it are most vets suffering from some sort of trauma or ptsd or is it just isolated no i think most vets definitely have a level of trauma and trauma can come like i mentioned before in physical and mental so and sometimes even physical trauma creates mental trauma so you know if you're in pain and i suppose the other way around exactly Mm. yeah exactly um because then you've also got other issues to deal with as well like you know prescription drug addictions and alcoholism and you know all of those sorts of things that tap into the next level of how do I make myself feel better because that's what it's all about is how do I make myself feel better or not feel or not feel and you know what a lot of them uh, you know I've heard they tell me I just want to be numb I just I I don't want to feel and 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 even starting that whole transition of of you know, rehabilitating themselves as well and and making themselves feel better is all about identifying the fact that they don't feel, that they've they've made themselves numb, that they don't want to feel. And then how do you then transition back into a normal life of purpose and a normal life of, of identity of trying to then say, it's okay to not feel, but how do I want to feel? And what are the steps that we can help you with to help you feel again you mentioned family and there's a lot of feeling going on around that's that's good and and and, and i i feel your passion you know like and but it's just interesting that you did mention mention family and and it's like i don't know whether enough is given to family because it's going to the veterans but the family also suffers yeah how have you seen that um, yeah, well, there definitely are organisations out there that help with that. And Open Arms, which is a, a DVA um, organi- or like initiative, um, Open Arms Counselling definitely hits on the family of veterans as well. So, and it's a service that is available to children and grandchildren of veterans, you know. So, and I... <sighs> totally utterly have huge amount of respect for the people and the team that are out there doing that job and and um yeah i uh, there is definitely support out there i think what the problem is is that there are a lot of organizations but there doesn't seem to be an overarching system and that's what tvd is going to embody that's what we want to do we don't want to be in competition with anybody we want to work with everybody and we want to make sure that we you know wherever they are do others see it as a competition i don't know i think everybody sees everything as a competition these days but you know that's not what the intent is going to be we want to work with everybody and we want to make sure that everybody's looked after like i know that we can't please everyone but hell can't we try (laughs) you know What's the reaction being, you mentioned the RSL, mm. what's their reaction and other uh, military veteran groups, what's their reaction been? Um, quite positive, you know, I mean, RSL is really trying to tap into um, younger veterans as well. So, you know, I, I feel like there's still a lot of conversations around, you know, to be had here, Mark. So I don't want to overstep the mark here at all. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's definitely a positive spin and, and, and they more to the fact that they know that there's a need, that there is a need and, um, whether they've been trying and, and I don't know if they're missing the mark or the general census is that they possibly are. And so again, I don't want to step on anybody's toes here, but you know, I, I feel like we want to be able to. It, to us, it's all about bridging the gap, you know. Why is there a gap between, the, say, the older and the younger veterans? Why was there a gap between World War One and Vietnam, you know, World War Two Vietnam? Yeah, well, Vietnam was sort of the 
you know, the war that no one wanted to have. Mm. Whereas there's really been support for the Timor and uh, Iraqi and Middle Eastern veterans and, you know, the veterans since even the Korean War. So there, there hasn't been that stigma that was in Vietnam. And mm. yet you say that there is that gap that really needs to be bridged. I think the young and old of, of you know, modern and, and, and older warfare maybe like i don't i don't really know exactly why i feel like i feel like um there is always going to be a gap because of the age side of things as well and how i just know from you know the older guys that are out at the park and even my dad you know they think very very differently um you know to our generation even to your generation you know so um <laughs> is it the no I'm not even going to go there <laughs> let's talk about your growing up mm-hmm. with your dad yep. he was a bit of an entrepreneur talk about him tell us about sure. what happened to you when you traveled around yeah okay uh, well I had a great I had a great upbringing well I think I did anyway we were country so I uh, grew up on properties you know learned to drive a car when I was nine and learned to ride a horse when I was two nine. and yeah you know all the things <laughs> that you do when you're on a land you know um, and I guess because uh, you know he was a fencing contractor and you know I, uh, he was also a property overseer as well so you know, he he looked after things, and he was also. I would think, you know, back in those days, he was also quite isolated as well. So, you know, growing up out at Roma and Surat area, you know, outback Queensland. So, yeah, and then obviously, um, drafted at twenty one, I think it was, and uh, yeah. 68. How did that change his life? Um, I think it definitely altered him, but I, I think um, it wasn't. I believe that it probably wasn't until years and years and years, especially opening Standown Park, that it's then become really forefront of discussion of, you know, that sort of thing. So growing up, I really didn't. I just saw him as as my dad who went and fought for our country and and we were very, very patriotic at, you know, I don't think I've ever missed an Anzac Day dawn service and I don't think I've ever missed, you know, um, really significant days that are wrapped around you know, that around him going to war. Um, But being country, I just sort of, yeah, it was, we just grew up out west and we had a great life. And then from an entrepreneurial point of view, it just stemmed then into different things that they wanted to do. So, you know, they have always, always worked for themselves. I don't think I've ever, other than my mum working for the Warwick Daily News at one stage there, um, you know, selling advertising and that sort of thing, which then you know, that sort of experience then rolled them into them buying their very own newspaper company out out west, out at St George. So... um, It's been an exciting time. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. It was normal. Like, yeah, it was good. Um, Did your dad come back from his tour of Vietnam and did he experience that emptiness and loss of identity? And did he have to look for it? Oh... I don't, I don't, that's probably a better question to ask my mum. <laughs> um, I'm the youngest out of the three of us, so I was sort of, it's probably even a better question to ask my sister. <laughs> what do you think, Zoe? Do you think that that's what? Oh, yeah, look, I, I think that when he did come back, um, that there was that period of time that he had to go find Find himself. Yeah, so yeah. back on the land is definitely where he, he felt most comfortable. Most comfortable, exactly right. And he always searches. That's why, you know, whenever he needs some time out and defrag from life and that sort of thing, which is exactly what happens, he goes bush, you know. You'll find him on the side of a riverbank, you know, in the in the nine-metre gooseneck trailer that, you know, that they travel around Australia with that he made too. So, you know, again, coming from the land and, and he's pretty damn handy sort of a guy, so... He's made everything that I know of in my lifetime and, and anything that fi- that breaks or anything like that, I'm like, Dad, can you fix this, please? <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, so yeah, from the, the um, newspaper company through then to um, a passion fruit farm in, you know, just outside of Gympie, um, you know, they had that for eight years and that sort of didn't necessarily work out. So, um, 
horticulture, we just worked out that that wasn't really his thing, you know. So, But there were a series of events that actually weren't in his control, which, you know, stemmed him then to make a, another life decision of change. And that's where the, the next step after that was... Um, was buying the block of land out at Gumbori and, you know, half an hour, uh, 20 minutes, 25 minutes outside of Gympie towards Tincan Bay. Um, and that's where Standown Park started, you know, from there. So, yeah, he's always been um, that entrepreneurial mindset, always sort of thinking about, you know, how he doesn't have to work for somebody else, I guess. That's, that's what it comes down to, you know, uh, earning an honest living because that's who he is, you know. And then you've got our mum on the other end who's that support that rock that anchor that you know love that compassion um that ties it all together is that what you're now trying to do for other veterans mm. what do you mean are you the mother to them oh <laughs> the 40 year old mother i'm not even 40 yet um <laughs> i gotta stop saying that big milestone <laughs> i know right um I don't know if it's the mother. I just think it's the support, you know. I think it's definitely needed. It's the love. It's the compassion. It's it's that. It's the vibe. It's, it's the, the constitution. Vibe. <laughs> it is. It's the vibe. And to know that you're not alone. Like, you know, I know that it's it's written out there many, many, many times. But, um, you know, and, until it's actually felt that you're not alone. And I guess this is the concept from TVD is really, we just wanna make sure that every everyone's looked after, that we've got the right people in the right places at the right time to be able to transition people into an area where they can find peace. And isn't that what life is all about? You know, finding an inner peace. You're talking about not being alone. I hear that um, Vietnam Veterans Day, Long Tan Day, August the 18th, is bigger than Anzac Day in your part of town. It has become, t- yes, absolutely. Um, well, in, in our um, in our essence, in, in Standown Park's little world, um, yes, <laughs> it is bigger because what happens is they, for the last 13 years now, they've actually taken um, and, and created a concept where called Push to the Bush, which is where they take um, the veterans that go to Standown Park and, and we can pretty well much say it's majority, you know, yes, they pick up some new ones, but these guys and, and partners and wives and everyone, um, they travel out then to small towns like Wyandra and Yarraka and little small communities that um, not necessarily don't, don't um, you know, yes, they have an Anzac Day ceremony, but they might not have veterans in that area that would do a march, for instance. So then they basically take out memorabilia, they go to the schools, they, you know, they make a, a whole week and they inject income um, into little towns like this. And then, you know, before long, it's become such a, a thing now that, you know, the council gets on board, you know, in these areas and the schools get on board and the local RSL gets on board and all of these things. And so then, therefore, then the, the stand-down crew or the, and that's what they've become, you know, this push to the bush. And, and so any of the fundraisers that we do at Standdown Park throughout the course of the year go towards push to the bush, you know, so whether that be cook-ups or whether that be auctions or whatever the case may be, um, it goes towards, you know, different things like buying books for the schools and, you know, we've got ladies that actually make these teddies that are out of, which are called stand-down teddies and they're beautiful. They're actually made out of, um, you know, little tiny teddies that are only about this big. How can someone get hold of them if they want one? Or we'll have to talk to Maureen. I don't know how, how I because it's they're made from love and they're made from, you know, um, um, ex-military, um, whether it be, you know, their greens or their khakis or their, you know, they're even, some of them I think were even made from the tracksuits of some of these veterans as well. So, you know, they're really important. They're, they're quite damn special. So I'll have to talk to Maureen and find out and we'll we'll get them on Standdown Park's Facebook page or, or website, I guess. So. Okay, so um, what's the reaction when you do get the Standdown Park crew, send them out into these smaller areas and smaller towns? What's the reaction over the over the week that they get from the kids, the town, the adults? Oh, it lifts them completely. And again, I you know I can only talk about the stories and and the you know the photos. I mean, pictures tell a thousand words. And you've got kids that are are um, you know so excited to sit there and and 
and intently listen to, you know, whether it's stories or, you know, of, of the veterans of what they have done and, and how they've got, you know, and even, you know, some of them take out whether, you know, um, you know, old shells or, you know, um, military, yeah, shells, gun shells and, and um, helmets and hats and, you know, little different bits of memorabilia that are important to them and therefore then they've got their story behind it as well. So, so from a from the children's point of view, it's great, and then from the community point of view, um, I love it. It's it's you know some of these little towns, and again, growing up in small, you know, country towns, social gatherings and that sort of thing can become you know few and far between. So you know when when over time they've sort of managed to be able to build this, the fact that you know properties outskirt properties and, and people living on those properties come in and they spend the time but it's also about you know them coming into the community injecting some money into the actual community as well so it sort of boosts the economy as well which is really good so yeah you're talking about fundraisers um you've recently had one tell us about that and what you've got coming up sure um so the um how do i put this not how do I put it, but Kylie um, James, who has Veterans Retreat at the, out at Mother Mountain, it has been working absolutely tirelessly on creating um, this event called Beat the Retreat, which was actually only on, on the weekend. Um, and it was a huge, phenomenal success in every way, um, considering we've got all of COVID restrictions and that sort of thing. And that really literally came about because... Um, so I, I don't know, have we talked about Kylie and her what her retreat is all about? We've it, touched on it, but we yep. might go into it in more depth. Okay, so, so Kylie has um, the Veterans Retreat. I think you've mentioned this on, on a previous podcast before. It's a 40-acre property um, that she bought for her sanctuary and has opened it up to, vetra, to military and first responders for um, an area for rehabilitation and also just to rest. And, and, and she's set up as a charity as well. Um, and so... She was also a big volunteer for the Gympie Music Muster as well. And when the announcement came through earlier in the year to say, because of COVID, that they're cancelling the muster, um, she just came up with an idea of, well, let's have our own and let's host it on her property. And, and it then snowballed from there. And, and the most amazing thing was was the response that she got. Um, so because and because we're friends and, and we've, been spending quite a lot of time together as well um, you know we just started to work in with each other and before we knew it here's this amazing event that has all unfolded so um, and she's got a had a great team of people help her with all of that sort of thing as well and bands and musicians come together and volunteer their time sponsors came on board um, it was very professionally put together and you can totally tell that you know with military precision, it just went off like clockwork. So, you know, um, and yeah, so that was Beat the Retreat. So BTR, um, hashtag BTR2020 is when you, <laughs> hey, you know, I come from a marketing background, so any chance I can, you know, that that's what I want to do. Hashtag. Hashtag, hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so if you ever want to have a look, and, and I guess what it is is now, um, because it was such a success and because it raised, you know, a great amount, well, I don't know, monetary-wise, but, um, you know, awareness-wise as it well. It did spirits. It absolutely did, you know. She was aiming for 200 people. She got 130 people there and it was, you know, it was awesome. Um, and working in conjunction with, um, you know, food, food trucks and, you know, um, merchandise and we we were able to put together the the whole merch side of things like that's all Kylie she she did an amazing job and then branched out to the people um, that were in her circle and it all came together beautifully and she did an incredible job and she emceed the whole night it was just <sighs> impressive what's the difference and I know you're not in competition but what's the difference between say Stand Down Park and what uh, Kylie's doing um there's not a lot of difference in the sense that, you know, we're there for the same purpose. So, um, you know, and, and it's more of a collaboration than anything else. I guess um, Stand Down Park, because it's been oper in operation for so long now, um, and because it is, you know, it sort of is, it's, 
well, it's not sort of, it's open to the public. So um, the business models are completely different. That's that's the key thing that you can probably put to it. So where Kylie's is situated as a, as a charity with DGR status, Standard Park is a business that, you know, is open to the public that basically, you know, operates slightly different. Um, from a concept point of view, from a veterans retreat point of view, uh, pretty well much on par. So, you know, it's a place where, where our vets can come and stop and relax and defrag and not have to think and not feel pressured and not be surrounded by all the noise and just, just oosah. Is that what they need? Yes. More than anything else? Yes. Time to decompress? Yes. So with Kylie's, is, uh, is it the older veterans or the younger veterans that she's aiming for? Because you, you specifically have a, a large market of yep. the older veterans. Yeah, I don't think it's an aiming for thing. I think it's a natural sort of um, natural feel, environment. Like attracts like because exactly. it's started by your father and yep, yep. Kylie's younger. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. So she's, you know, like I said, 20-year 20 20 Army veteran. So, um, and she's 40, year, 40 years of age. So, and, you know, in the 11, in within 11 years, she was, you know, at the distinguished rank of Warren Officer Class 2. So she's not just anybody. She knows her staff. You know, she's, yeah, she's very well respected as well, which is beautiful. I very admirable um so again i feel like um she's got that that uh, it's it's her people you know this is her and and so of course they're going to relate you know so again i feel like it's um it's it is definitely younger veterans that are attracted to veterans retreat and yet the older veterans that go that are at stand down park because we're we do a lot of you know collaborating and we want to you know we've we've sent people from Standdown Park um you know not some in bus loads <laughs> in their own cars because they all like to be in control but you know <laughs> um, and they go and they they've been over to to Kylie's retreat and they've you know as a farm stay she's got you know donkeys and sheep and and chooks and horses and you know she does equine therapy there and you know all the different types of things that stand down doesn't offer she has available and it it's it taps into a different level of relaxation because you have the other animal therapy is huge how do the veterans respond to animal therapy um well i think really well um you see a lot of veterans who have assistance dogs um, and it's becoming more and more popular because if it's um, something that, that is reliant upon them to love and care and feed for them, then that's just another element there that, you know, that fills a, a, a purpose. It fills a, you know, it, it could just be that one little thing that, that that dog or that pet or that you know horse or or whatever it may be it could be that one little thing that just gives the reason that they get up that next day you know and it, it's as serious as that mark what else could we do then other than animal therapy is there something else that uh, we really need to do to um, just kick things off for them I think again this is where TVD and what TVD what we're trying to achieve with this is having a, a multitude of of um, activities, events, that sort of thing, um, under the one sort of umbrella that is available. So, you know, um, yes, a lot of guys are even getting further and, and more into the meditation and the, and the um, modern therapies of yoga and Pilates even and all those sorts of things that make your body feel good and that concentrate on your breathing. And, you know, I mean, I just know for myself and... Um, when you are in a state of hypervigilance, for instance, you know, there are certain things that you want to be able to do that are in your control that you can do that help you manage. And that might be boxing or running or climbing, which are the three things that make me feel amazing, you know, and that help me just 
Wusa, you know. Um, so having that physical component, which is why we want to, under the one roof, be able to have the boxing studio and boxing gym set up so that, you know, yes, you can go out and you can, if you're just feeling a bit bleh, you know, and you need to box, you know, because boxing's great. <laughs> um, it's a great discipline. Oh, it's Love it. Yes. To you. Yeah, I love it. And I've really gotten right into it in these last probably eight, nine months. So, um, but yes, and just that general exertion of, of physical. But in saying that also, you know, some people, are, their bodies are broken too. So you have to sort of take and, and cater for that as well. So that's why, you know, it, it just might be anything. So, you know, Dancing, even dancing. Dancing makes me feel amazing. Dancing makes, you know, I know that dancing makes Kylie feel amazing. And and other friends that I've got that are, you know, that are, that do at sometimes, you know, struggle with, with life, you know. So physical therapy is pretty important. I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. What's the reaction been to it? From a body perspective? Well, from these veterans that um, might not be doing stuff and get introduced to things that they uh, well, might not react to so well or and they might react really well to it. But, mm. you know, like it's just changed for them. Yeah, I think every person and every, and this is where it comes down to um, tailoring programs and, and things that are specific to individuals because what might work for one person might not work for the next person. So, you know, there's plenty of groups out there that veterans and younger veterans even that are jumping into that are you know um stand up paddleboard down the noosa river those sorts of things or um you know even um going out and what wayne was doing or, or you know in regards to shooting and that sort of thing and going out camping and doing a you know a seven day trek or something along those lines like there's plenty out there it's just knowing what's available and then also being able to find out and, and for people to feel comfortable with, with people to find out what they actually need, you know? And that's where we just sort of, we, we, we rein it back a bit and we come at it from a family point of view, you know? And this is where, um, this is where the support of family really come into it because at the end of the day, I would rather be right beside somebody that is, you know, that's a, a family member. And now I'm, I look at it from a very broad perspective because you know, the older veterans being part of, of Stand Down Park for so long, um, they've become my extended family, you know. So I, that's probably why I feel so compelled to be able to, you know, really push TVD into this next next element of reality and be able to go, you know, it's needed for the family. If someone wants to find out about TVD mm. and follow up on what we've been talking about today, yeah, how do they do that? So we are right in the beginning of launching things and we've actually, you should feel so lucky because we no. <laughs> we, uh, we've chosen, chosen talking to you to be able to start the process of extending it out. And, and it's a little daunting for me because Subscribe I'm Subscribe so, and share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're right in the thick of all of that. We do have a Facebook page that we're just about to launch the, all of that. Um, but we're going to start, we're, we're starting all of that like now. So we've had a very, very busy couple of months, um, you know, with people moving, you know, within our organisation. So we've got um, my sister, who's our COO. She's here to make sure she's brilliant. Um, and um, and then Kylie is also part of, of TVD as a director as well. And then we also have Martina. So her husband um, has done 14 tours overseas, wow. or her, her fiance, 14 tours overseas. So we're very much um, connected within, you know, so the organisational framework that we have, and this is why I feel so humble, appreciative and grateful, the fact that I've got amazing people around me that are just as passionate as what I am and can see the vision that has been simmering away there for a little while and gone, yep, let's actually make this something and let's make it. And then it just evolves. And that's what is going to happen. It's just going to evolve. Um, so, you know, coming from a marketing background, I think um, you're going to see it everywhere when it's, you know, we're going to start following up through Facebook and, and Instagram and um, all the channels, plus also, you know, website and that sort of thing as well. But 
watch this space. That's what I all I keep saying, come back to watch this space, watch this space, because we're we're still in the thick of of making sure that it's set up correctly so that it's it's got legacy, that it's not something that's just going to, you know, be set up and in three years time just, you know, dissipate. Out, yeah. That's it. You know, we don't want that to happen. We want it set up as a as a, a an entity that will um, provide a beacon and, and support for lifetimes, you know, um, that surpassed my lifetime, that surpassed my son's lifetime, you know, that surpassed my my nephew's life and, and niece's lifetime, not lifetime. So, and Kylie's kids and, you know, Martina's kids and that sort of thing. So Martina um, is, uh, she's 15 years of, of um, design creativity. So she's all she's responsible for our branding you know um and she's first strikes promotion so um which is her business so she's not only a graphic designer but she's also does all the apparel and all of that sort of thing so oh my god how amazing was it on the weekend that we've been talking about this um you know about tvd for a little while and um and and then starting to work on you know a brand perspective and what the brand means and what's what the name means and what um, what's behind it and how how is it perceived out to people um, because again the veteran's daughter is it feels like it's directed to females but it's not you know that's why we utilize the secondary brand of TVD so that it it becomes shortened it's it's a it's a concept and it's and it's the support that's behind the concept that really is what what we want to get off and what we want to portray to people and that sort of thing so is it unique that there's two veterans retreats in the one area or is it something that's growing throughout the land definitely growing definitely growing and i don't think it's it's um i don't think it's a bad thing at all you know you've got all different types of of veterans retreats that are in different areas that offer different things and majority of the time you will find them in in isolated areas as well so you know coxcomb and um you know yeah all different different ones so um you know some of them are quite difficult to get to <laughs> as well from are you interacting with other other areas and other other groups from a stand down park point of view we've always done that so we've always um you know where we've able to have are readily available, you know, their pamphlets and their flyers to sort of go. And again, because they're grey nomads and they're shifting, you know, and travelling all the way around, uh, it doesn't take long before, you know, they work out where all the veteran retreats are and that sort of thing as well, because they're with like-minded people as well. Well, sounds like you are the veteran's daughter. Oh. <laughs> A no. veteran's daughter. But uh, yep. no, congratulations on what you've set up, TVD. And hashtag yes. TVD. And hashtag. good luck with the marketing. Thank you. And Prue Marshall, thanks for joining us today. Oh. Over the bonnet. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. This podcast is brought to you by Mary Mark Medical. Merrimark Medical is your local medical practice in Gympie, specialising in quality family medical care. Are you always sick, ranging from acute medical issues to management of long-term chronic conditions? When you need to get better, even if you have complex health problems, get the right diagnosis with Merrimark Medical. Contact Merrimark Medical in Gympie on 54811873 or find them at 18 Young Street. The podcast is also brought to you by Gimpy Foam and Rubber, your local store that specialises in foam cut to size. They've got all sorts of good stuff like upholstery or craft foam or even loose filling foam. The shop is packed with things like mattresses and pillows. Ah, not so squeezy. And they'll also help you get down and dirty with rubber flooring and mats. And they've also got anti-fatigue matting and they have industrial mats and rubber. And if they don't have it, Andrew will get it for you. Plus, for Over the Bonnet listeners, mention the show and ask for your discount and you'll receive 10% off the marked price. That's right, 10%. Only for Over the Bonnet listeners when you mention the show and you have to ask for your discount. And finally, the show is brought to you by NICAD Earth Moving that specialises in roadworks, house pads, site cleanups, land clearing, dam construction, even dewatering and swamp drainage. I didn't even know you could do that. They have a 140H grader which is big. Their Posi Track Bobcat is also huge. 
There's a D65 dozer, three excavators for hire, including a 20-ton, an 8-ton and a 2.5-ton. Plus, they provide side truck hire and have a roller and even a water truck. So contact Carl Dakin at NICAT Earth Moving on 0488 and I guarantee the earth will move for you.